Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first The Pick Is In podcast. I am Kristen. I am your host from Sports Caffeine, as you all know me. And real quick, before we get started, I have to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors. First of all, Manscaped.com, as you can see in my shirt. Uh, 20% off with our code SC2020. That's Sports Caffeine 2020. Just need to put the SC in. You get 20% off and free shipping. You've got to try the lawnmower. I've been hearing my friends who have ordered it, my coworkers, my Everybody's been saying it's a game changer. It's really great. Your balls will thank you. So today is my very first fantasy football podcast. So just deal with me as I get through this. But I have a very special guest here. We have Mike from BallBlastFootball.com. Fantasy Mike, welcome. Thanks for being here with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to get the new show started. I'm honored to be the first. Have you tried any manscaping yet, by the way? I mean, um, I, I have, I'll be honest, I have not, um, but it is, I, I've heard the same things about the lawnmower actually. Um, so, you know, maybe that'll be one of my next purchases. So. Oh, well, I know you said you had a, a living girlfriend. So, I mean, if she's in within your shot, like, I don't know when your birthday's coming up or something, but get in manscaped, you know? It actually is in about, about a month. So, oh. um, and yeah. you seem very well groomed with your, you know, beard. You have a very well groomed, I don't know, is that a beard, goatee? What do we call that? They, no, yeah, that's my beard. Thank you. It actually used to just be a goatee. If you'll, you'll see that kind of from my Twitter picture. Um, <laughs> Someone called me Soul Patch the other day because uh, I used to have this little thing going on, but went with the full beard. It was quarantine. Try something new. So. I'd say, did this start during quarantine? Or? Yeah, quarantine beard, you know. Okay. So, I like, it looks good. It, it works well on you. I do want to see you, though, without it because I just feel like people without their beard, they look very, they look younger or I don't know, just they look different. So yeah, I get to get rid of that baby face. <laughs> so you're a ball blast football. So um, you're a fantasy football expert. I'm looking to become a fantasy football expert. So it's my first show. And um, I want to talk about like, it's a really weird year. We are drafting fantasy football teams during a pandemic. So a lot of things have changed with draft scenarios. Like, are you getting together with your group? Like we, I've been in the league for nine, 10 years now. And we've gotten together every year and I hate fireball. This is the only time of the year I will drink it <laughs> is during that, that, that draft. But um, what has changed? Do you have any live drafts that have changed? And I know some things about roster, roster spots, um, things about ending league early and having stipulations about ending your league early. Has anything changed? And I don't know how many leagues you're in, but what's different for you? Yeah. So I actually run two leagues. So I, I commissioned two leagues and they've been leagues I've had for, well, one of them I've had for a long time. Uh, one of them was a dynasty startup, but they're with a bunch of friends, you know, and we used to do the same thing where we would love to get together and do a live draft. You know, there's nothing like it. But the, yeah. Oh, it's the best, you know. And um, but then actually, just as we've gotten older, it's been hard for us to do that anyway. So we've been doing kind of live online draft. Um, but, you know, I really sat down and I thought about it. I'm like, what big changes need to be made? To be honest, I don't think there need to be any scoring changes. I mean, the game's still going to be played the same way. Had there been different rules in place now or a shortened game, or so, there's nothing like that. So as far as your scoring system, I really don't think you need to think about that too much. But as you said, the roster um, is something you really have to consider. So um, one thing that we did is we added an extra IR spot. And we have a caveat where we only had one in our league originally. And we added the second one. And the second one can only be for COVID-related issues. And as a commissioner, you may have to be a little more cognizant, you know, make sure you're checking people's rosters every week to see, make sure they're not sneaking somebody on there that shouldn't be. Um, but I, that was that to me was the main thing that we had to do. And everyone was pretty much in agreement on that. Um, another thing you could potentially do is expand your rosters. So we, yeah. we like to have a shorter bench and redraft because it allows people to 
make more waiver claims. It allows for you to find more people that you can actually use and the waiver wire is not just completely barren from week to week. Um, but you know, this year we added an extra spot to offset that. And uh, to me, I think the biggest changes that, that I would make personally is kind of my draft strategy. So I actually have a uh, full redraft strategy guide coming up for Ball Blast Football on Monday. Um, and I think the, the biggest change for me is going to be picking a lot more high floor guys. And, and what that means is guys that you can at least feel comfortable knowing they're going to have a certain amount of points each week. You know, everyone wants to go for those big boom players. And I think you still have to, those ones that maybe you get at a value that can win your week, put up 15, 20 points or more. But at the same time, we don't know how many people are going to be quarantined, how long that's going to be. It could happen Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And you go, what do I do? So I think the biggest thing is, especially toward the end of your draft, instead of always going for those boom guys, make sure you have a lot of high floor guys um, and, and not just the high ceiling people. So for me, that's probably the biggest strategy changes I go into my draft this year. I feel like it might be the year of the backup quarterback. Because, you know, if you could draft Tom, Tom Brady, you know, like, who knows? Like, he's old. I guess he's the oldest guy, one of the oldest guys in the league. But yeah, I definitely think, and I love the idea of the injured reserve list for only COVID guys, which I, which would have to be managed. I mean, if you're smart and you're Yahoo or ESPN or any of these platforms people use, you should have like a COVID list and they can immediately remove your guy from a lineup once he's, you know, tested positive. Move If your league opts to have that, that would be awesome if they could do that for you. So the commissioner, because as you're a commissioner in two leagues, has to do it. That would be really, really great because – so my next question, like we already know people like Zeke has tested positive already. Justin Jefferson has tested positive. Are you going for these guys? Because we know Zeke's probably not going to go out with COVID at some point. So are you looking at guys that maybe, I mean, I know there's not a ton. And I know there's not a ton of guys who have opted out either. Um, I think the biggest thing is with the Chiefs, with Damian Williams opting out, with uh, Clyde uh, Edwards-Alaire getting big spot. But for the most part, like, does the actual virus itself have any, I mean, I know, like talk about this, but like, are you going to draft Zeke because you know already had it? I I wouldn't put too much in that, only because we don't necessarily know. I mean, there's still so many questions with the virus itself. You don't yeah. know if we get it again. I mean, people are assuming that if you had it, you have the antibodies and you're immune from it, but we don't know. Um, I'm really not. It's so unpredictable that I just don't think it should really affect your rankings at all. I I, I don't think it should have much of an effect on that. But it's more so, um, like I said, having those backups. Like you said, a backup QB. You know, maybe in most leagues where that have one quarterback, you know, there's been a, a big move towards super flex leagues, um, which means that you can use a quarterback as your starter and also as one of your position players. There's two QB leagues, so you need multiple quarterbacks anyway. But otherwise, I typically try to stay with one quarterback. And we're going to talk later about late round QB strategy as well. But you're right. You're 100% right. Maybe it's smart to have two solid quarterbacks that you can rely on this year. Or handcuffs. Um, you know, a handcuff is is basically those backup running backs that could become so much more valuable when those guys go down. Um, you know, or look at people like a, a you know a James White, um, who actually really isn't handcuffed, uh, but you know, Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison, you know, who might even have some standalone value just anyway. Um, but people who could also become an RB one if one of those people go down. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely a big part of the strategy. Um, that goes into roster building this year for sure. Um, so, yeah. So uh, my next one is uh, in a shortened season. Now, was your league going to have anything for, let's say the NFL calls it after 10 games because too many people have it or they're not making enough money. I mean, do you think your league should have like at eight games, 
I'm thinking like maybe like best, most points available or most points scored gets this, you know, best record gets that. Any of your leagues looking at that where if it is a shortened season or a team opts out, some sort of like, at least there's a prize payout. That is a very good idea that I've not considered. Um, I've heard some people talk about that. Yeah. I'm just hoping for the best. Um, and I think we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. That makes a lot of sense where maybe the points leader gets half the pot. You know, some people say, well, then the pot carries over the next year. But if someone says, you know, you go through half the season and they're great, you know, well, then what do I get? You know, maybe they don't pay yeah. their league well, fee. $200 to be in the league or whatever it is. I mean, right. And then maybe, maybe you don't pay your league fee next year, but then it's like, well, then the person with next year gets less of a pot. I don't know. That That is a much more difficult question, but it is absolutely something to consider. Um, but with the way things have been going so far, like I said, I'm just going to remain hopeful. And But who knows? Once you get in the fall and winter, who knows? Who knows anything anymore? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, I just got four new tires in my car, and I had a flat tire with a nail in it the other day. Like, that's just 2020 for you. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. It's an insane year. So. Yep. Well, I know there's 50 million fantasy football players over America, and I don't think it's going to get any less. And I think, honestly, the daily fantasy is going to pick up because of the COVID. So I'd love to get Rosalie, our girl Rosalie from DraftKings, back on and talk about that soon. But I want to go into the steals of this this uh, fantasy football year because it is honestly a weird year to be drafting because you don't know if guys are going to go out, if guys are going to opt out. So I want to talk about these guys that are outside the top 100 um, average tra draft position. Um, some guys like Deshaun Jackson, who's actually very, very low. Uh, I see you're smart there, so I don't know what you say about him, but um, I want to get your idea on some of the steals. I mean, I have some in my head. What's your biggest like steal outside the top 100 at a wide receiver position? Well, firstly, sorry about that obnoxious motorcycle outside <laughs> my window. That's um, awesome. living, living almost in, in the city of Boston, you know, right in the That's outside. Dope. You live in an urban area. That's yeah, right. pretty busy around here, but um. So, uh, yeah, actually, it's so funny you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. I actually wrote an article uh, that featured him this week. Uh, I wrote an article for Bob Blast, not to just keep plugging Bob Blast, but it's true. I, I actually did players. Plug away, like, plug away, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I did outside the ADP um, or the ECR, which is expert consensus rankings. ADP is average draft position. They're, they're about the same, but I use ECR. Um, and people going outside the top 50, and Deshaun Jackson was one of them. It's actually pretty crazy. Um that Deshaun Jackson is being so dismissed. This is somebody who we've seen have huge weeks, even just last year. People don't realize in week one last year, this man had eight catches for over 150 yards in two touchdowns in week one last year. And then he got hurt and we never got to see what he could do again. And Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. People that saying he isn't, I just don't get it. There's like some narrative out there that says he's not good. And it's just asinine to me. Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. And just someone like Deshaun Jackson is a huge weapon for him. Um, but what's nuts about Deshaun Jackson is right now he's actually going as the wide receiver 60. Um, and yeah, as the wide receiver 60, there's a bunch of rookies going ahead of him. There, there are, there are. And, and, you know, even if you go back two years ago, you know, Deshaun Jackson's 33 years old. So they, you know, wide receiver or running back, you know, once they hit 32, 33, they can't be good anymore. And it's just not true. You know, he's still got that game breaking speed, that electric speed that can just completely open up a defense. Um, and even if you look back at 2018, when he was with the Bucks, you know, a lot of people say, well, he's too boom bust. You know, some weeks you're going to get 20 points, some weeks you're going to get two. He still averaged 12 points a game in 2018 with the Bucks. He was actually the wide receiver 37 in points per game. So you can still rely on him to be a wide receiver three, four from week to week. And he's still going to give you those top 10 weeks. You are not going to find anybody 
close to Deshaun Jackson at the wide receiver 60, who has the potential to give you multiple 20 plus point weeks. Um, And also like uh, one thing I was looking at was coaching and he's had like, they've made the playoffs with shit teams. So sorry if kids are in the room, but shit teams, you know, and like Doug Peterson has been a good coach, solid coach with, you know, they won the freaking Super Bowl, Nick Foles. And so that's the thing also like continuity with coaches and things. And they're saying, don't draft guys on, you know, like uh, the Browns have a new coach. The uh, Panthers have a new coach. Like these, these are the guys you want to stay away from. You want to stay with teams like an Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, like the continuity. And so, yeah, I'm so glad I brought Deshaun up. He also has a chip on his shoulder too. He's yes. always had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, apparently, and, he- and especially this off season, you know, I think a big thing with him, and I, I wrote in the article, I said there are two reasons I think he's being dismissed right now. One, because of his age. Well, then three reasons. Two, because he missed most of last year. But to your point, he was still there. He was still knows the system. He was still in walkthroughs and meetings. So he, he's not going to have a learning curve this year. Um, and there was the offseason controversy with the anti-Semitic post he put up. Uh, we don't really have to get into that. But I thought it was kind of cool that my guy, Julian Edelman, who plays for my beloved New England Patriots, um, you know, kind of took him under his wing and said, look, let's educate you. And so it's not like he had – he was did what Darius Geis did – you know, so he he's he was he, he was misunderstood. He shouldn't have put it up there, and you can feel how you want. But again, that has nothing to do with fantasy football. And the fact of the matter is, this is someone who produces and has produced for years and years. And he's one of those guys you can get late that can literally win you weeks. You know, so and, and from your flex spot, and this is as a third receiver. I'm saying, so you don't even need to rely on him to be one of your top two receivers to bring you value. So, uh, absolutely, Deshaun Jackson is one of those guys. I had him in my notes too. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going almost receiver heavy in this draft this year, just because you, you have those top five, six running backs that are going to give you all that value. And, and I'm, I was reading an article um, earlier today. I can't remember. I think it was sporting news um, that four to five, they call it the dead zone after round four, before round five, like no running backs have any value. They're the same value as a guy you get in round 11, basically. So if you're not going to get top tier guy and with PPR is so big right now. Um, at his year leagues PPR, I have a, I think half point PPR and I have a zero PPR league, which I don't know who does zero PPR anymore, but yeah, standard leagues are that they get out of the stone age. If you're still doing (laughs) some people are, you know, they don't want to do full PPR because, you know, guys like Michael Thomas just become just unfair, you know, and, and yeah, it's insane. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I also don't think Michael Thomas is going to ask great of a year, especially this annual say, but he's still going to be the one or two receiver with Devonte Adams. But I, I would kind of take your, what, what you said. And to me, I'm still drafting running backs more so than I am receivers, because I think that they're more valued. We had with receivers later case in point to Sean Jackson, then running back. So yeah, you may not get one of those top guys, but you know, another thing I say in my strategy guide is do not leave those first two rounds without at least one running back. Because you need to, I was in a mock draft where 13 of the first 15 picks were running backs. So the good running backs go and they go early. And yeah. especially if you have, well, some people say, you know, guys like James Connors there in the third round who has league winning potential. Todd Gurley, where I know the sports caffeine crew is a little off of Gurley, but he's <laughs> in the third round that could win you a league, Chris Carson. But after that, like you said, it just becomes a mess of RB2 threes that you don't really know what it is. But Say one of your your top stud goes down, and then you don't draft another running back until run, you know, your the sixth round. It's really really hard to find good running backs off waivers. Whereas you typically can find at least a receiver that you can say, look, I can at least eight to ten points is going to come out of him every week. Week to week, you can find something. So 
I do think you should take running backs more. But yeah, I mean, don't take somebody like a, a James White, you know, we mentioned over like a Robert Woods or a DJ Chark or something maybe there. You still take the best player, but I still always try to load up on running backs, especially this year because we don't know. Like I said, we don't know what's going to happen. So. Yeah, with COVID, too, as um, like I said, things insane. You know, like James Conner and Todd Gurley are injury prone, but this year anyone can go out at any given time. I mean, you Patrick Mahomes could get COVID and have to be out for two weeks, and we have no idea. So I want to go back to the sleepers, though. So we were talking about the running backs. Um, running back uh, sleepers, what I'm looking at is Naheem Hines. You know, you have Marlon Mack there. You have um, Jonathan Taylor there. But Hines have caught 107 passes out of the backfield in the last two seasons. So that's 50 points right there if you're in a one-point PPR league. And I think people are sleeping on him. And I and he's going pretty late, almost in the 200s, I think. Yeah. So what do you think about Hines? Uh, he's another person I've, I've, I wrote about this offseason. Uh, so I did a whole breakdown. <laughs> I, 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 I swear I haven't read any of your stuff. It's, it's so that's good. Oh, gee, thanks. No, um, but <laughs> so, no, Nine Hines is actually great. But again, you it has to be a half more so full and full PPR leagues. I'm hundred percent behind Naeem Hines. And I think he's an RB three, four half. It gets a little dicier because he's not going to get that much rushing volume. Like you said, Marlon Mack was there. Jonathan Taylor was drafted who Jonathan Taylor is going to just be. Oh, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what this kid's going to do. But before I go on the Jonathan Taylor tangent, um, you know, Marlon Mack had the ninth most carries in the league last year. He was a thousand yard rusher, which a lot of people, if you listen to the narratives out there, would be shocked to hear that. He wasn't really great. And it was because of the volume he got that he put it up, but I don't think he goes away. So I think that Taylor and Hine, um and Mack are going to get most of the carries, but Naeem Hines is going to get targets. Like you said, he's he's had, you know, 70, 80 plus in each of his first couple of years in the league. Um, he's someone who's brought in to be that person. And Philip Rivers is the quarterback in Indianapolis now, and there is nobody that has even come close to targeting running backs at the same rate that Philip Rivers has since 2016. Since 2016, 27% of the time, almost a third of the time he throws to the running back, uh, and the league average is about 20%. So that's pretty significant. Um, I actually have Naeem Hines for about 77 targets. I think he's somebody that you can rely on for flex value. Uh, he's a great person to have off the bench. And Frank Reich, the coach of the Colts, actually came out and said, there are going to be times where you're going to see 10 catches on Naeem Hines. So, And he's going super late. Another person similar to Naeem Hines um, is Chris Thompson, who a lot of people kind of dismiss because they're like, oh, he can't stay in the field. And yeah, he's missed 17 games the past three years. He's had some injuries. But do you know that last year he finished second on the, the Washington football team? Uh, <laughs> I actually picked him up on waivers one week, and he did really good for me. And then he did nothing else the rest of the season. But yeah, he did great. Like, yeah, he, he finished second in targets. Now, again, you have to look at the fact they had Dwayne Haskins there. The, the Washington was a mess last year. They didn't have a whole lot of options. But this man had almost 60 targets in 10 games. Here's another little thing for you. His head coach, who, who he's had all those targets with the past five or six years, is also now his offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. So when you bring in Jay Gruden, who's John Gruden's brother, in January, he went out and specifically brought Thompson in. And another thing you want to look at is the fact that Leonard Fournette had 100 targets last year out of that backfield, and he averaged 37 his first two years. So I, it was kind of a, an outlier. There weren't literally a whole lot of options in Jacksonville last year. And I can see Chris Thompson taking a good – 50, 60% of those targets. Is he going to win you your week? No, but he's that type of guy where you're like, look, at the very least, I think I can get minimum six to 10 points out of him if I'm in a pinch. 
Um, and he's going, there's just nobody with the floor like he has going as late as he is. He was going as the RB 74. And he finished second on an NFL team last year. You're like, look at the Washington, Washington football last running backs. You have Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, Darius Geis. I mean, every guy, if you go to the quarterbacks, Alex Smith, like gave like career on the injuries almost. Like it's crazy to hear his name. I honestly did not think about Chris Thompson when I was doing my group draft strategy this year. So super sleeper, but now I'm going to be on the lookout for him. I want to go back to the Colts for a second though. Phillip Rivers, I see him as the QB 24, where you have Minshew above him at 23. And most of the things I'm looking at here, I mean, Philip Rivers had a great year under Frank Wright in uh, 2015, one of his career years. Um, what do you see, though? I mean, you got this great receiving core. Do you, do you see Rivers as a sleeper quarterback, or do you see him as the old man that he is? So I think it's, it's somewhere in between. You know, I, I hate the noodle arm Philip Rivers narrative because he finished fourth in the league in passing yards last year. Fourth. Fourth fourth in the league. You know, so obviously. He was like set records. <laughs> but he doesn't really come with that much upside. A crazy stat that I just happened to hear, and I, I looked into it, it's true. He's never, ever surpassed 30 points in his entire career in a game. Hilarious. Which is crazy, right? And he's had some great years. But the thing is this, I think Rivers is somebody who is a good streamer, but there are guys with way more upside. You actually bring up Gardner Minshew. He, to me, is someone who is incredibly undervalued. He is being slept on so hard. He was the QB 18 last year in points per game as a six-round rookie who wasn't even supposed to start, got thrown into the fire, and he had a 21-6 to TD to, uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio last year. He also had the best passer rating on deep balls in the league. You know, they added a couple weapons for him. You know, LaVisca Chenault, Chris Thompson, DJ Chark's going to be healthy this year. Um, Eifert, you can laugh at that all you want, but if he can even regain a little bit of stuff, that's a decent thing at, at tight end. And the biggest thing with Minshew, something that Rivers does not have whatsoever, is Minshew actually has a chance to hit four or 500 yards rushing this year. And a lot of people don't know that, but that is a cheat code in fantasy. I actually did a study at the beginning of the year where those out of the past five years, those who hit at least 300 yards rushing as a quarterback, 70% of them finished as a QB1. So Josh Allen last year, I mean, he's top seven, I think last year. And that was all rushing because Josh Allen barely cracked. He didn't even have 3,100 yards passing and he had 20 touchdowns. Anyone else without that floor wouldn't even be in the top 30. So it shows you how much rushing upside is so important when you have a quarterback. So Rivers is somebody who, like I said, if someone's hurt, he's out there on your waiver wire, or if they're playing just a garbage defense, why not? And, and you brought up a great point. Him and Reich actually, Reich was his quarterback coach for a while in when they were San Diego. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think people are fading him too much, but I wouldn't want Rivers as my QB1. There are guys with way more upside, but he's definitely someone you can use from time to time for sure. I would almost have, I don't know, if, is Brissett still there as the backup? Because I almost <laughs> want to take Brissett in a very, very late round because you know Rivers is probably going to get COVID because he's older go down or something and Brissett's done well. Another quarterback I want to talk about though real quick on the on the um sleeper list, Cam Newton I'm seeing around 17, 18. Now what do you think about Cam Newton with Patriots? He's down there, but again, he's a rusher. He can get some rushing touchdowns. So what do you think about Newton at the Patriots this year? I love it for many reasons. <laughs> uh, I, I I try not to let my Patriots fandom shine through because one Pats fan, uh, I, 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 I want to be. Like, I usually hate Pats fans. <laughs> so that's one reason. One reason. Yeah, okay. hate us. Um, you know, but sorry, it's it's don't hate us because we're beautiful. But um, secondly, 
I, it's also because I want to be credible. I don't want to just be a Patriots fanboy, but I mean, it's really not even just about the Patriots, it's about Cam Newton. I mean, you go back and you look at his history, he's perennially, perennially been a top 10, top five quarterback a lot of the times. And because of that rushing upside, I do think it might come down a tiny little bit. You know, he's getting a little older. I do think that McDaniels and Belichick, you know, the Patriots offense is predicated on getting the ball out quick, those short passes. And that actually suits Newton's game as well. You know, a lot of people think an explosive athletic guy like him is probably someone who loves going down the field, you know, taking these deep passes, but he doesn't. He's he's actually, his yards per is, out, is actually two ticks lower than Tom Brady's. So, you know, they're both at about seven and a half. Um, so I think Newton can actually, you know, get really in a groove in that offense. He's got guy, reliable guys like Edelman, uh, James White out of the backfield. I know I said his name a hundred times, but again, in PPR leagues, he is even more reliable than guys like Thompson and Naeem Hines. I have James White for over 100 targets this year. Um, and, and I think that Cam Newton, he's still got enough there uh, to be successful in the offense. Uh, he's, you want to talk about a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he is motivated. Uh, and then just today, they actually said he finally started taking the reins at Pat's camp. You know, some people say, oh, maybe Stidham or Hoyer will get a start. No, they won't. This is Cam Newton's team. Unless he gets hurt, he will be the starter, and I would be shocked if Cam Newton was not at least, at minimum, a top-12 quarterback, and he is going to be an absolute steal this year for sure. Right. I definitely think he's going to finish above his ADP or ECR mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, I, I was, you know what? Thank you. I was to this day's old, this many days old, when I learned what ECR meant. By the way, I'm a fantasy person. I'm always looking at ADP. I had no idea it was the actual, like... It, it doesn't matter. You know, both of them are about the same. Expert ex, expert consensus rankings. You know, who's an expert, right? You, you called me an expert earlier, and I, I'm very honored. Um, but, you know, there's so many experts out there, you know, and they take the, the real top industry heads. Um, but ADP is good, too, because it shows you how other people are thinking. And I always well, I say the expert consensus is the people like me and you and the people commenting, the people watching that are fantasy football players and what they think. They're, we're all experts in our own right. You know, if you are, and you know more. I actually wanted to give a quick shout out. Sorry, I'm looking at my phone real quick. But um, I th- we were saying the so follow at charity pros Joe's or at charity pros Joe's on Twitter. So I'll be in the fantasy football league for a charity of our choice and someone from uh, baller blast if all blast football will be on there. So um, if you're watching right now, please go follow at charity pros shows. And again, go to manscape.com 20% off. Uh, I know fantasy Mike's going to be buying one after this or making his girlfriend buy him one, but <laughs> it's a game changer. I mean, I like literally put the boxers to my face and I was like, I'm just going to snuggle with them. Like they are so soft. I don't know about anti-chafing boxers or what that means, but I really like them. They were very soft. So I, I have not heard about these anti-chafing boxers. Oh yeah. If you go to manscape.com. Put in code SC2020, 20% off. You get your pod. You get, like, the lawnmower 3, which is, like, horsepower. It's got an LED light for the below-the-belt grooming. And then, like, they give you this T-shirt, which I keep doing backwards. And, that oh, it's awesome. And they give you a little grooming kit, like a little bag for when you go on vacation. Your little bag, you know, whatever. What is that called? I don't know for men. It's, like, my, it's my makeup bag is what I call it. I don't know what men call it. Hey, you listen, we got to take care of ourselves, too, you know? I'm a cheap right now. I'm a cheap, simple guy. I'll usually pop in a Coles or Sears or something, pack, pick up a pack of skims when I need them, you know, but uh, maybe I'll treat myself and get a nice little pair. Of, from Manscaped, so. And at Sears, I don't even think it exists anymore, so you're going to have to go to Manscaped. Because- they do. There's one near my house, believe oh, me. They're hanging on for dear life. There is a Sears in Boston, the last remaining Sears. All right, so we talked about, like, some of the sleeper guys. I want to go to the, the bus guys. Um, 
who is supposed to be as I look at the players to avoid? I'm going to start with one real quick. Who I who did great things for me last year? Um, Devin Singletary was great last year. He missed a few games. I really like, but I think with the addition of Zach Moss with uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, Singletary was a little bit injured. I think Moss might end up having equal or more carries by the end of the year. I think Singletary is going to go higher than than he should. Did Did you actually read my note sheet? I, I didn't send it or anything. Zach Moss, Zach Moss, I have right here. Oh, you I color coded and handwritten mine. <laughs> I, he he is somebody who, and I have to give credit to Ball Blast Football, the 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 amazing ladies that founded it, uh, Kate and Michelle Maju. I had no idea there was girls who founded it. Well, let me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love yeah. that. That's my it's, favorite thing. I know. Yes. Well, yeah. why don't they come on my next show and get yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. Oh, they're, they are, they're 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 national treasures. Again, I know it sounds so so corny, but like they gave me this opportunity. They are two of the hardest working people you are ever going to find oh, in the industry. Um, and, and they're amazing. Yeah, and they yes. are the biggest Zach Moth trooper, truthers that you'll ever find. And they were the ones that initially turned me on to him. They do a lot of stunt film study, a lot of breaking down players when you know when they're coming out. And Zach Moss is somebody who's being slept on so hard. I know we're going to the busts, but he was actually one of my sleepers, my values. He's going as the RB45. This is someone who legitimately could be a top 30 back this year. This is someone who I think takes the job outright from Devin Singletary. And the reason why is because Devin Singletary was good last year. He was okay. He was a good runner, but he really wasn't great in the passing game. And the biggest thing with Singletary is they do not use him in the red zone. They just don't do it. They gave him one goal line carry last year. That's why Gordon had such a great year. Like, you had Frank Gore got like seven yards and seven touchdowns. Right. And Frank Gore had 11 goal line carries last year, and he wasn't that great at it. Zach Moss is somebody who can just plow people over. Um, He's actually been tearing it up in camp. There was a report I just saw. Actually, Michelle, you can follow her at at Ball Blastem. That's Ball Blast E-M. She put up a a, a huge post about the, the rave reviews coming out of uh, camp so far from, from Zach Moss. But another thing with Zach Moss that people aren't realizing too, it's not just the fact that he's going to get the, the Frank Gore role, which Sean McDermott came out and said he is going to get that role. There's there's no, there shouldn't be a question. He said he's going to get it. Um, but Zach Moss also averaged 14 yards a catch last year. So oh, it was college. That's still crazy for a running back. better than most wide receivers. No, like, really good he is someone who's been slept on so hard, and you are absolutely right that you should be fading Singletary. Anyone that thinks that Singletary has an even remote shot as RB and RB one is really, really playing with fire. Um, I do think that both could potentially be in that 30-40 range. I do think it's gonna be a split. I don't think Singletary goes away. He was effective, but I do think there's a chance that Moss is just going to completely outplay him this year. Uh, wow, I'm so happy you brought him up. I'm such a big Zach Moss guy. It's kind of wild, like the teams that drafted running backs, you got Jonathan Taylor with Marlon Mack, who are both great in Indy. You got J.K. Dobbins with Mark Ingram, who are both great in Baltimore. Now you have Moss and Singletary, who are both very young and a lot of potential. Like it's kind of wild. Like nobody drafted that number one. Well, I guess you have a Cam Akers and things, but like not like Swift. But like it's really kind of a wild year that all these top talent running backs went behind a guy who was a top talent running back. Like, and with COVID, like yes, those are your handcuffed guys you want as well. Um, but oh, I'm so glad. Uh, let me see if my small, my uh, crystal ball. I'm gonna go to a wide receiver. I'm I'm not hot on. I know we did talked about DeAndre Hopkins on the last show. Um, I'm gonna go with Adam Thielen. 
Adam Thielen busts this year. You think this so? Is, this is where we're way off. I think Thielen has a chance to literally be a top three or top five. Or really? Yeah. So this is when we're way off on. Um, okay. I Adam Thielen is someone who, when he was healthy outside of last year, was an absolute stud. Um, and he's somebody who, yeah, he had his injury, his hamstring injuries, like you know, uh, last year. So it kind of faded. You know, some people are fading because of that. But if you look at Adam Thielen, he's just simply produced. Even when Diggs was there, Diggs is gone. But the biggest narrative with the Vikings that people are missing too, and it's another reason why in that same article that I had Deshaun Jackson and Chris Thompson in, I had Kirk Cousins as my greatest quarterback value because Kirk Cousins is somebody who for the past five seasons has not finished outside the top 15. The past two, he was the QB 12 and the QB 15 last year. Uh, but before that, he was the top 10 quarterback. A big reason why he finished so low last year was because after averaging 574 attempts, Kevin Stefanski, who is now the head coach in Cleveland, was the offensive coordinator there. Oh, my boy. <laughs> he only let Cousins throw it 444 times. So Cousins threw the ball 130 times less than he normally does, and he was still the QB 15. That's amazing because he's so efficient. And he is going to pepper Thielen with targets. So I, we're way off on that one. I think Thielen is someone that you should actually be taking way higher than he's going. Really? All right, so yeah. I don't think he's going to be a bust. Well, again, like, so as you brought up the, the targets for receivers, they're the fourth least in the NFL because you have Dalvin Cook. You have Stefanski who loves to run the ball, which I'm so glad he's in Cleveland now because we got like Chubb and Hunt running the ball there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think with, once they took him out of the slot, I'm I going Justin Jefferson, I think. Is, uh, is Justin Jefferson? Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. I think there were two Jeffersons in this draft, but I think he's going to see more more targets in this on this team. I think Thielen's going to be double covered more. Thielen's the main receiver there. He's out of the slot. Kirk comes like slot, and they love to run that ball with Dalvin Cook. And I know that yeah, Savansky is now the offensive supporter. You know, so I just see Thielen had such a good name. And Kirk, I used to love Kirk Cousins in fantasy football. He Like me and Al Bushman, who I think is behind the scenes. Thanks, Al Bushman, by the way. Shout out to you for running the show. Our joke is Kirk Cousins is trash. I don't know if you've ever watched Zach Morris is trash, but that's the theme song. <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. Saved by the Bell. Go love yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great show on YouTube if you ever watch. It's like about how Zach Morris does these terrible things and he's the hero of the show, but literally like he like, like prostitutes Screech and like sells his spaghetti sauce that's not his and he's actually a trash person yeah if you go with there's a lot of like those 90 shows those characters we we loved growing up it's kind of like wow like they really weren't that great when you go back and look at <laughs> it it was great you know like yeah he's sitting like the 16 everyone else is terrible like alf where's alf he just left this world but no so we had this joke kirk cousins is trash great fantasy quarterback but like he's just you know more interceptions and um then you would believe, and I just think they're not going to throw it that that much. But honestly, I so we're running out of time here. So, but I do want to go as I'm talking about interceptions. I want to go into defense and special teams. I know I'm, I'm skipping around a little bit, but uh, do you draft a defense, special teams, or kicker, or do you just wait and go week by week? I am one of those that has been trying for years to just get rid of both. I hate kickers. I hate defense. Despise, loathe, detest both of them. However, I won't go into a diatribe on it. Um, but what this is what I do. So I, one of my leagues does still have both. One of my leagues, we still have a defense. We got rid of kickers. But here's my thing with kickers, okay? Last year, the difference between the kicker one and the kicker 20, I think was like two points or something in points per game. It's just a complete and utter crapshoot. So what I always do 
is I don't draft a defense or a kicker at all. Not at all. And what I do is before week one, I drop whoever the last two guys are off my bench to pick up whoever's a matchup, a good matchup that week. I stream all season. Yes. It's good to have, you know, some of those top, you get like the Steelers, um, the bears defense a couple of years ago, Bears defense a couple of years ago, the past defense last year was unbelievable. But even toward the end of last season, once they kind of got rid of out of that cupcake schedule at the end of the year, I mean, seriously, it was a cakewalk for the past at the beginning of last year. Um, it, it kind of started leveling out. There's just, there, there's, it's so hard, especially in today's NFL with these explosive offenses, most teams score points, you know? Yeah. You'll get like a trash team like Washington was last year or something where you can play a peewee defense against them. But to me, I just don't even spend any time looking at it. I just go week to week. Um, and I know it sounds like so dismissive. Um, you know, there are some leagues that do IDP, which is kind of cool. That's individual defensive player. Um, <clears throat> but that's a lot more involved. I mean, then you get to study all the defensive guys, you know, you take, but it's just so boring to me. And I would rather focus on, on, on guys. And I hate to well, see, you know, when you see like the Ravens get a pick six, you're like, hell yeah, that's my guy. Going it is. And it could be fun. But like, to yeah. me, when I've like put made like, you know, a great, a lot of great lineup decisions. And because some guy throws th three pick sixes in a game, like remember like Matt Schaub when he was just setting records, yeah. throwing picks. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it's frustrating. Or the kicker gets like, they appear, man, but they probably had the chargers defense. Yes. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, six field goals from a kicker. I'm like, seriously, that's how he wins the league or she wins the league this week against me. It's just, it, it's so annoying. Um, so, there, so yes, of course they, of course, <laughs> um, it's just, I truly, I'm in a league with it's ball men. I would love to get more, more females involved. I was in a league last year with uh, uh, half the league was female. It was great. Well, um, I need to get with your girls. Cause uh, well, there's the other thing I want to say about women. Like, we have this like gut instinct. I could be like, okay, so yeah, Derek Henry had a few good weeks, but he's looking really healthy. You know, it's like when they check out the dogs, the dog track. Women just have this natural instinct about like, well, that guy looks like a piece of shit this week. So don't start, you know, like, like Tracon Smith, when he had like those two weeks, two years ago, we went off for the saints. For some reason, I just had like a good gut feeling. And I think women kind of just have that women's intuition. I'm not going to go into that in the show, but the reason I whole brought, I brought up intersections with Kirk Cousins like five minutes ago is the Bucks defense. I'm in defense, the Bucks defense, when they don't have Jameis throwing all those interceptions and them having to come back from that, I think the Bucks defense might be the number one defense in the league this year. I had some notes on them. I don't even know where I put them because I've been going to no, I mean, they are. They were seventh in sacks allowed. They were only allowing 78 rushing yards per game. They held McCaffrey to under, like, 70, I believe, um, the first game. I think the second game they held McCaffrey to under 100 as well. I think the Bucks defense, when you don't have Jameis Winston throwing the ball to their team when you have to go back on the field and you actually get your rest, I think the Bucks may have the number one defense in the NFL this year. You have every guy coming back. And I know Bruce Arians is not a defensive guy, but he doesn't need to worry about that because he brought in – his people and I really and they got rid of Vernon Hargraves, which was like the, the freaking weak link of them all. So I don't know. Like if I'm gonna draft a defense, like if I'm I'm feeling compelled to draft one, I think the Bucks is the one I want to draft. You're absolutely right. And that is one thing, you know, with the run defense, and people were shocked to see it because overall the defense wasn't great because their pass defense was so bad, but their run defense was the best in the league. Like you said, they stopped McCaffrey twice. You know, I mean, they, they really shut him down. It was very impressive what they did. Um, but it's it, the secondary scares me a little bit. And I think bringing in somebody like Brady, there's going to be a lot more shootouts. The team's going to have to pass more. But who knows? Maybe there's some, you know, chance, higher chance for interceptions. I do love, 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 love 
Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, who they drafted this year. Um, you know, some of the youngins may not remember Antoine Winfield, his father. I, was just, I love when I hear these. The I remember these kids. Yeah. I remember their dads. Like, now we're old. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're old people out there. We're just seasoned. That's all it is. We're just <laughs> Um so, no, but it, Winfield is a good piece. You know, I actually, there's another, the, the defense I have in Dynasty right now, because we do have de defense special teams, the New Orleans Saints is actually a very, very underrated defense. They were a top 10 defense last year. Um, this year, you kind of, you know, contradicting myself because with Breeze back, they could get more shootouts too. But, you know, they're a team that can get a lot of sacks. Um, you know, they've added some good pieces. I think they brought in Malcolm Jenkins this year, which is a Great underrated safety. You want to talk about my New Orleans Buckeyes? Oh, by the way, in every show, I have to give a Buckeye shout out. This is the moment right here. So, because they have so many, and the Saints have so many Buckeyes on the team. But I, oh, here's my question now, too, is the Saints thrive in the Superdome. They thrive in that noise. And it, the Saints said no fans this year. So, do you think that takes away home field advantage for them? Or do you think, like, that was piping enough noise to make it feel like a home game? I mean, I don't know. No, it, it, it you're 100% right. You know, that's something that we could have talked about at the beginning of the show or, or a place like someone brought up Arrowhead, you know, Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs play is is like the, you know, the place no one wants to go to. Um, so I do, yeah, I think that would be a, a big, um, you know, could have, be a big factor for sure. But like I said, outside of the top three this year, you know, if you're in the last round and like I said, the Pittsburgh defense or something still standing there, you know, go ahead and draft them. But otherwise, I'm just going to play week to week. I just, it's so boring to me, defenses, and but who's the worst team in the league right now? Like who? Like is it still Cincinnati? Is it like? Well, I, didn't say, I don't think so this year. I think they. I mean, especially with Burrow there. You know, they're getting a couple offensive line improvements. I've been um, to T Higgins all day. Those two rookies tend to find each other like that. I'm not sitting on Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, you think Boyd? Well, Higgins is below Boyd, Ross, and uh, Green, which AJ Green's coming back and like. I don't know. What's his ADP that you're seeing these days? I don't know if you know on he's, he's going, I think, right around where he should be. Actually, sadly, last week he pulled up with a hamstring injury, and a lot of people are worried. You know, he's somebody who, you know, A.J. Green, um, really That's for the – good guy. Good looking oh, guy. Like, I feel so I bad. And he, he, he's somebody who, like, when I really started getting into football, was one of the premier guys, and I loved watching him play. Um, I think he really is an elite, elite talent in the truest sense of the word. Um, but he's like 32 now. He's had some injuries. Um, and he actually hasn't produced a top 10 season since 2015. That might blow people's minds. Um, but it's it's been a while, and he's been hurt a lot. And for him to pull up lame last week, um, I haven't really looked at a lot of the Bengals reports this week yet. But um, that's why I'm super high on Tyler Boyd. Uh, Joe Burrow is actually somebody who, speaking of Justin Jefferson, he made Justin Jefferson into who Justin Jefferson is. He loves targeting the slot. And not to get too deep into Debbie here, but Jamar Chase, who might be the number one pick, um, wide receiver pick next year in the draft was there too. And Justin Jefferson still lead the team in targets because he was a slot guy. So I think that Tyler Boyd is going to eat and he's going as like the wider receiver 30 something right now. So you want to talk about a steal, take Tyler Boyd. Um, and I'm fine being wrong on that one. Oh, well, uh, um, uh, wide receiver steals. Is, are you drafting AB? Do you see AB getting a job? Oh, um, man, especially this year with the opportunities, he might, you know, or Des Bryant, look at him getting a, a legitimate workout with the Ravens. He left without a contract. So just in case anyone was waiting to hear, it doesn't look like anything's too imminent with him in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, AB is somebody who, if you're in a deep, deep league, you know, I'm talking like 14, 16 team league, or you've got 16 to 18 person benches, 
I mean, rosters, you know, so like six, seven, eight bench spots, it's fine. But I would rather take somebody I know is going to play. But I would not be shocked if AB played this year. I mean, yeah. I'm just trying, just wondering who's going to bring him in. It's going to be somebody who's number one. With, you know, I can see the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, you know, Christian Kirk goes down or Larry Fitzgerald goes down. And Cliff Kingsbury doesn't give a shit about anything. So he's like, bring him in. He can stay in my house. He can live in another <laughs> room there. Bring this out, man. So my I, last question now. Yeah. Speaking of Cliff Kingsbury and he's got uh, Kyler Murray, when do you draft a quarterback? Like if you got if you're in first round, do you take Patrick Mahomes or do you just wait for that guy in the seventh, eighth, ninth round? When, as your consensus, what round should you draft a quarterback in? I don't draft a quarterback much before at the earliest round eight, nine, um, ever. Well, not ever, but all right. So again, if you're in a super flex league or a two QB league, you have to take one higher. So I do think that Mahomes. Lamar, Dak Prescott, who to me are the only tier one quarterbacks. I think they're in kind of a class of their own, those three guys. Okay, Dak Prescott, Taylor's listening. So, <laughs> so he is <clears throat> going to get more on him in a second. Okay. Those guys, if someone like them, if Mahomes or Dak or Lamar, which he won't be, is sitting there in like the fourth or fifth round, do it. It's worth it. But I actually, in my draft strategy guide, my number one tip in my redraft strategy guide is do not take a quarterback early. And the reason why is because you look at the point differentials. The difference in points per game from the QB1 last year, well, taking away Lamar Jackson because he's just unfair. Yeah. <clears throat> but from 2 to 12, the difference in points per game was 3. Then there was another 7 quarterbacks who finished within 2 points of that. So legitimately, there were 20 quarterbacks that almost finished as a QB1 last year. So you can always find a late-round value. There's people that get slept on. We had already mentioned Gardner Minshew, Cam Newton, um, and actually Dak Prescott last year. Part of the reason I won my league, I got Dak Prescott in the 13th round last year, which is bananas. Yeah. yeah. He's like quarter what, three, four? He was the QB two last he year. Two? Oh, because Mahomes yeah. missed a few games. That's two. right. right. Yeah. yeah. He was fantastic. And this year, with Mike McCarthy there, they could even pass even more. So I do think that there's always late round value. And I would so much rather let someone take Mahomes, who is just, I get it. He's the best in the game. I understand if you take him fourth, fifth round, it's it's not crazy, and that's probably where he should be going. But I would rather get you know a couple running backs, an elite tight end like a Kelsey, a Kittle in the second or third round, and then draft like you know Woods in the fourth, <clears throat> Chark and, and Ridley, something like that in the fifth, and really build my team, and then take a Minshew, a Cam Newton, a Daniel Jones with those high rushing upsides. Guys, yeah, that you have have to give you fifteen points, fifteen points. You don't need that thirty-seven <laughs> points. All right, so we have a question from Egg Tweeter Twenty Seven. He wants your thoughts on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like a good spot to try and snag him, and expectations. So is yeah. he going to be a clear day one starter for Kansas City? Oh yeah, oh he's absolutely. Yeah, Williams out. Okay. And I, I, he is getting rave reviews. And he, I got a lot of flack because I, I put up something before Damian Williams opted out. I was not high on Ceh. I think he's good, but I think that there were far better running backs that were drafted this year. I, I, I mean, he's he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But I think he was a product of a really good offense at LSU. Um, it, it really took him until last year to get that starting role. He was People say, well, Jarius Geis was there before. Yeah, but then Nick Brissett was the starter of the year before last year. Can anyone tell me who he plays for? I don't think so. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not this generational talent. But I do think he's very good, and the opportunity is just silly. He's getting rave reviews out of camp. Like, they are waxing poetic about this guy. So I would be totally fine with Edward Tiller as my RB1. Right now I have him ranked as my RB11 um, in PPR. It's because, you know, I, I think you still got to take guys like Miles Sanders over him, Kenyon Drake, the establishment. Like, like seven. 
you know, the has gone, CMC is gone. I mean, it might be, what do you think, seven or eight? It might be between him or, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins at that point. Yeah, it's, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm much more, I'm always running back in the first round. I, I mean, unless Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams is sitting there at pick 10, you know, I'm going running back. And like I said, there are people, I'm still taking Miles Sanders easily over CEH. Uh, same with Kenyon Drake, uh, Derek Henry, you know, so I, I think that, you know, what's funny is speaking of, of Michelle, Bob Blastom, we were actually in a mock draft together. I took Miles Sanders at the 107 and she took Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the 108. So I, I do think that Edwards Hilaire has top five potential. I can't be Miles Sanders that low. Like I am so high on Sanders. I love so Sanders. High. I, that oh don't don't get me started. We only got a few more. Awesome. I'm so glad oh, and he got hurt yesterday, but just by the by the way, he's fine. They said he's fine. He's just probably getting some rest. There's literally no one there that's gonna take him. I'm I I will plant this flag. There is no way, there's absolutely no freaking way that Miles Sanders finishes below the top ten. It's just not possible. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I think yeah. so Michelle's gonna be pissed when Miles Sanders is better running back than him. That's what, I, think. I think Everett Tillier could be great, you know, because, but you have to think about with Everett Tillier too. DeAndre Washington is there, and that's someone I actually picked up in Dynasty. He was Mahomes' running back at Texas AM. He's also somebody who was a backup on the Raiders, but when he had the chance to start last year when Jacobs was hurt, I think he had three games over 14 points and like two over 20. So DeAndre Washington's good. Darrell Williams is still there. Darwin Thompson, I don't know if he's going to be a thing, but. Edward Solaire is going to get the work, but I think he's more of a low-end RB1, and people expecting him to be up there with, like, Zeke and Kamara, I think, is a little ambitious. No, but I, I think we're going to have a Taylors, an Akers, a Swift, any of the Dobbins, any of those guys I think are going to – I think they're all going to finish above him. I, but I will put then way above them. I, I'm putting him way above them only because of the opportunity – um, not the talent. I think that if and when Taylor takes over that role, it, he could. Taylor, I think Mike's going to get some work, and Taylor could come in and take that starting role. And um, once he does, Taylor's probably going to be a top five back. But you're I'm probably gonna like, we're in the team. NFL now. Sorry to sorry to pick up. No, we're in the NFL now, where you don't have like yes, you want your you know Jerome Bettis with your uh, D'Angelo Williams behind him, but no, maybe it's this league where you have your Marlon Mack for down one and Jonathan Taylor down two and Marlon Mack down three and John, you know maybe it's where it's a 50-50 split now because look at all these teams with these great two-headed monsters and we mm -hmm. see the, the life expectancy of running back has gone downhill. Maybe these teams are like, hey, maybe if we have two of them, we can have two of them for ten years instead of one of them for five. I mean. Maybe it's yeah, it's absolutely the way. But that's another reason why I draft running back so high because there really aren't a whole lot of workhorses anymore. So if you don't get one of those top ten guys, it gets so much harder, you know. So I think that kind of proves my point. You need that top tier running back. But no, Ceh is someone I'm definitely comfortable taking in the first round, probably more toward the end. Um, and I do think he finishes as an RB one um, for sure. So all right, so you have the number one. Right, I'm going to finish showing this question. I already know your answer. I'm, I'm guessing you have the you have the number three overall pick in the draft. Christian McCaffrey's gone. I don't know who's two. Zeke's gone. Who are you taking? Um. Well, if it goes McCaffrey, Zeke, I think I still have to go Barkley at three. Um, but it's also hard because I think Kamara has a chance to be a top two back too. A lot of people think like, really? Why would he? Well, because he was somebody who's been a top eight back his first three years in the league. And even in injured season, he was still the RB8 last year. It was without Drew Brees. This is also somebody who's had crazy 81 receptions exactly his first three years in the league, um, which is crazy for a running back. Um, so I think that, I, I mean, after CMC, you could make an argument for 
Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara. And I don't want to lose people here, but I'm slightly, slightly fading Zeke this year because McCarthy's there. And I do think they're going to throw a lot more. They also have those great receivers. You want to talk about a value tight end. Blake Jarwin is somebody who is going super late, who I love. His Jason- name's like oh, spelled almost like my last name, so I love him because Jarwin Jarwin. Yeah, people <laughs> say they say wide receiver, there's three wide receivers there. How could he possibly do it? Well, because there were three wide receivers there last year. Randall Cobb had over 80 targets and he's gone. So you give that to CD Lamb. Jason Witten was a tight end one last year, which is sounds crazy, you know, considering he took a year off and he's just, you know an old man, just a statue out there, but he's still got over 80 targets. And I think that Blake Jarwin will too. So I just think that Zeke might see a little less work. I love Tony Pollard too. He's somebody who, if you want to do the RB handcuff with potential league winning, uh, you know, potential if, if Zeke goes down, um, I think he could even have standalone value. They're going to use him more he's this year. So hot, He's too hot on the fantasy football Raiders. Everything I see, or radars, everything I see is like Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard. I'm like, oh, now everyone who Googles anything about fantasy football. So yeah, yeah I, I like it because you're because it's smart because it's the thing to do. But like, let's get someone else. Yeah, well, that's that cliche. <laughs> I would, you know, so that's the thing. I would say if I had to rank them, the way I have them ranked is CMC, Barkley, Kamara, then Zeke. All right, I like it. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I got to meet your girls. Uh, tell yeah. add me in like a follow tweet all of us so I can follow them and get them. But so fantasy Mike from Ball Blast Football. He's at B Best Football. Mike, fantasy Mike BBF, BBF. Uh, but yeah, please do, please, please go on. I put up a big post today. I just have to say the the team of Ball Blast is killing it, you know. And I know it sounds like you know, kind of pumping my own sights tires here, but they're they're the most wonderful people. Even outside of Michelle and Kate, you know, you can find Kate at FF Ball Blast, uh, Michelle at Ball Blast EM. Um, you know, they're the ones that founded it. We actually merged with the Red Shirts Dynasty podcast, so we have Matt Okada, Matthew Betts who works for the fantasy footballers um, and good old dynasty beard, John Helmkamp, who are wonderful too. And a whole list of other writers. So please check out ball blast football. We are, we're going to be hitting you with some amazing content. I love, this. I love all of our like small shows that are really great content coming together. Cause I feel like we're like the Avengers of shows. Of it is, man. We get each other up, you know? So, so yeah. So really go to com, code SC 2020, get your uh, 20% off and, you know, check out all uh, Fancy Room Sports, the Set the Sales podcast, Lockdown Rays, all of our podcasts. Everybody, Al Bushman, thank you for being in the background. You guys didn't see him tonight, but he was doing good work. So thank you, Mike, for being on. And um, let's talk more fantasy football next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks. Good night.